Hello, food world. It's Robert Crutchfield, your favorite foodie friend from Crutchfield Cooks, here with another episode of Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. This time around, we're going to do something a little bit different. Those of you that know me know that the three passions of my life are food, faith, and family. We're going to talk to somebody whose faith is just as important to him as mine is to me. Better yet, he's going to share with us a little bit of his journey on through things like substance abuse in restaurant kitchens and, and what it's like to hit rock bottom to where you're sleeping under bushes in parks and come back to the level he was at a, at a very young age. Here's Julio. Chef, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, and why don't you do, tell us a little bit about the journey. Everybody always likes to hear, how did you decide to get into being a chef? What kind of training or experience got you there? Where are you now? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got to sum it up in, in, a, in a short term, because if I, if I do, we won't have enough time. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been in, the, in the industry 29 plus years. I started in the, in the, in the kitchen with my dad in, in Yonkers, New York. And, and then, I mean, like, like a teenager working in the, on the weekends, summers, my dad would take me and peel potatoes, peel carrots. So uh, dice this, dice that, peel that, make this soup, make this sauce. Um, you know, I was like, I was saying I was like 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, so I got my first taste of uh, cooking experience with, with my dad making $5 a week. <laughs> and that was good money, taking it back to school, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> that was good money. I mean, I was the man in, in school, you know? I, had, I always had money in my pocket. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is when candies were worth a penny. I don't know sure. if you remember those times. Yeah. Vaguely. You, know, you got, yes. you know, you got bazooka gum. You know, five cents for 10 pieces. <laughs> so that was, sure. that, it was, it was the old times, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 50, actually 52 this year. And okay. so I've been, I've been cooking, uh, I, I can say since 12, right after, right when I, I finished high school, I decided to, my first choice is to join, I was going to join the armed forces, air force and become a pilot. Well, as you can see, that didn't work out, you know? Yeah. So I, I think God had other plans for me. I think the route was cooking. So right after high school, I, I, got, I got my first job in New York City working at this bistro named Casa La Femme. It was a French bistro that was open to the movie stars. It was open from 5 p.m. to like 5 a.m. the next day. And this is where all the movie stars would go after filming in New York City. You know, I got to meet Madonna, got to meet Anthony Michael Hall, Norm from Cheers, so many stars. I got to meet them and I got to cook for them because that was their private time after filming. It would be when, when everybody was sleeping. That's where they would go to this, this restaurant, Casa La Femme, where if you have money, you can get anything you want, anything you want, you know? So we would do, we would have a menu. That was my first taste of really fine dining. We did it. We did not have a menu. So the menu was consistent of us going early in the afternoon and going to the fish market, going to Little Italy, Chinatown, pick up vegetables that were 
that were organic back then. Sure. So we will make the menu differently every evening. We'll be different menu. We will do a seven course meal. And that's why I got my first taste of fine dining where, wow, you know, you have to make Marsala Sabayon from scratch, a la menu right there. And then, you know, yeah. or you will have to do a creme brulee that same day and then just serve it. I, 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 they were just coming out of the oven. So it was a great experience for a 19 year old, you know, and then I got to meet also a couple of celebrity chefs that are, are they're on Food Network now yeah. that I work together with them. I don't know, I don't know why I said the names, but they, they were also coming up. The Food Network was not launched yet. We didn't know nothing about the Food Network back then. So some of those chefs that we worked together, they got to go and, and, and different demos for them. And they now, now they're big now, but God had a different plan for me. So I got recruited. 19 years old, I got recruited with the Hilton International Hotel. Sure. There's two There's two divisions from the Hilton Hotels. One is, is the USA side, and the other one is the European. So I worked for the European side. So I they recruited me, and they took me out to Pittsburgh, PA. That's where we were based from. We were working at the Vista International Hotel, run by the Hilton UK, United Kingdom. So that was a, a five-star hotel. So mm-hmm. here I am. I'm young. I'm 19. I started as a demi-chef. For those that don't know what a demi-chef is, the equivalent part to a first cook. Yeah. You know, you're a lead cook, you know? So, I, I, you know, I was very overwhelmed. I was, I was excited. I'm working with all these chefs from around the world. It was kind of tough. I mean, it was not, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, back then the chefs were not, it's not like not today. Back then when they trained you, they trained you. Yeah. I mean, they were up to, I always tell, my friends and, and my family that Gordon Ramsay had nothing on those chefs when I was no. training. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Especially so, the uh, European ones. Yes. They were from France, Germany. Oh, no, no, no. Austrian. <laughs> Not the French ones. The French yep. ones are notorious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I still remember their names up to now. You know, I remember Pasquale, you know, Conrad, William Ulis. I remember I, I went under the, under the internship with them under... I study under them. I mean, they gave me the best training there was that helped my career where I'm at now. They helped me to be disciplined. They helped me to, uh, to know, to have the love for cooking. They, they helped me to have the integrity, keep the integrity of your dishes. So they, you know, it's not like now you could, you could, you could make a chicken marsala utilizing something from a, from a little base chicken base beef base back then we didn't have none of that we had we had to make our own stocks our own chicken stock our own veal stock our own fish stock i mean it was it was awesome i mean the training that i got it was it was it was worse the the abuse (laughs) you're not the first person i've heard to say that (laughs) so you know it's you know i'm a christian now but back then i was not a christian so i got to see a lot of I got the good side. I got to see the good side of the hospitality culinary arts, and I got to see the bad side of it too at the same time. That makes sense. So yes, sir. I'm in the middle of these two roads. I got to see the worst side, which led me to different paths in my career. You know, it's into alcoholism. You know, into womanizing, up to fornication. Because back then, you know, our fun was like we're gonna put sixteen hour days and then we're going to go out to the bar or to the nightclub and then 
don't even sleep and go back and do brunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and you and I both know that even in commercial kitchens now, substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, et cetera, is a big issue, especially among our younger colleagues. Because they, they, they work the long hours, they have a certain amount of money in their pocket, and they're looking for the quick, easy fun is what it comes down to. Amen. And then that was me. You know, mm -hmm. it took me to a path of social drinking, then to a path of I needed to drink, mm -hmm. then to the other path was I couldn't live without it. Yeah. So I justify by working more hours, seven days a week, and party harder more. That's how I used to justify yeah. it back then. Yeah. So I, I, I thank God that God allows me to went through that season of my life when I was young, but at the same time, learning from great chefs and, and learning the art of cooking and, and learn that, learn that love for, for this field, which yeah. I haven't done. I haven't done nothing else but cooking all my life. You know, the joke around the house is don't give who your screwdriver and a hammer. I could break things together, but I can't put them together. So I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying nothing. I call myself Mr. Goofrench for a reason. You remember? You remember? You remember? You yeah. remember, Mr. You must. You remember, Mr. Grinch from GM? Yes, I remember. I, I, I'm his counterpart, Mr. Goofrench. <laughs> I can do a That's lot funny. of things, and I can do a lot of things well, but anything mechanical is 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 not my thing. You know, I and and I hope the audience are listening to this and. That they, I want them to get this from this, from this podcast, and and, and thank you for inviting me because I, now I can I love to talk about my war stories. I love to talk about how the kitchen have changed me. Have how I be I've been sad. I've been happy. I've been want to get out of the career, but I can't because that's what I that's what the that's what God has. God has given me gifts and talents. Okay, and that's what I am. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. It's not been that long ago, I don't think, that you came out with your cookbook, which is very illustrative of your your view of cooking and that sort of thing. Let's, if we can, let's talk about that some, including sure. how is it doing, and then we'll circle back and talk about what you're doing now, which is completely different, uh, even as a <laughs> chef, than what you started out. So, so yeah, let's, let's let's get the cookbook in there. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, it's I not a I'm not a big writer, but I believe that God has given me some great stories for that book, Cooking with His Love. It was downloaded in in one day. I was asking the I was asking the Lord, I say, God, I, I need to put some stories on my life so other chefs and cooks will understand where this 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 career would take you to. So I wrote Cooking with His Love because I had this vision that I was very, I was a very angry chef. I was a very angry cook. And I I did two years of rehab because of my alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And because I, I put myself through that. Because I, I think if I didn't, I wouldn't be alive right now talking to you because of the alcohol. So I asked the Lord, you know, when I got out of rehab, I became a Christian. I became a Christian right in rehab. And I said to the Lord, I need to put, some of my stories, so other ones, the ones are going through it right now, they understand that this, there is, there is a, a way out uh, and you don't have to lose your talent for it because that's what, that was what I was afraid. And I write that in my cookbook. I was afraid of cooking when I got out of rehab. I didn't want to touch a knife. I didn't want to go to a kitchen. That's what Marsala wine, brandy, 
Oh yeah. Vodka was you know was there. So bourbon. I was afraid. Bourbon. Where do you yes, think bourbon you know? glaze comes from? Yeah. Yeah. No, that went into my belly. It didn't go into dessert. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, Julia Childs, the one that said she loved cooking with wine, and sometimes she put it in the food she was cooking. <laughs> I believe it too. <laughs> That's like my yes. favorite Julia Child <laughs> quote of all time. <laughs> so you know, it's, so you know, God gave me this story, this, this theme to write this book, and I said, hey, "Lord, how do you want me to write it?" Because I got so much stories I could put on this book, but no, He said, "No, just tell your story. How you, how." I got you out of that, and but you still have your talent with you. And so when I wrote this book, I, I learned something about this, that when I got help with rehab and I had to do a halfway house, it's, the, it's like a sober house. I, I decided to do this all myself because I needed, I didn't want to lose my career because I love to cook, mm. but I also didn't want to die. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm in that dilemma. It's like, you know what? I could quit my career but I'm going to continue cooking. I mean, drinking. So I say, you know what? So I put it well in the book. I write in the book from the moment that the, from the moment that I, I was, I slept on the streets. Alcohol took me six months on the streets in the Bronx. I was sleeping in park benches. I was sleeping with cats and dogs in the, in the, in the park bushes. You know, I was that much down and out after working for the Hilton so many years as becoming, as I was at the height of my career when this happened. And then I went down to the pit, but you know what? I'm alive and I, and I, I, could, I could talk to you right now, but I also want the, the audience to learn that, that there is a way out. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to leave your, your career. You don't have to, you don't have to. So I write that in the book and I also wrote, the, so the theme of the book is the 12 names of God. It's 12 chapters. Sure. Its name defines and gives is the character of God. Just for example, Jehovah Jireh, it's my provider. So one of the chapters is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you know, because he provided me in, in the darkest place. He provided, you know, and I'll give you another name, Jehovah Nisi, my victory, because I overcame all that. I went, he took me out of it. And I came to the victory. And not only that, but my food and my career got better and enhanced it. So now I get off from rehab in the halfway house and I decide to go back to cooking. So guess what I went to cook for? I became a short order cook <laughs> for this small little deli in Yonkers, New York. And I said to myself, I remember the interview. I remember the interview. It was an Asian lady. And the Asian lady goes, have you ever cooked before? And I go, I went like this. No, I haven't. <laughs> right? I'll be your prep cook and I'll be your shorty cook. I know how to make eggs, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese. So the lady goes, sure, I'm going to train you. Here I am. I did not want to discuss it, my, my background because I was afraid she was going to assume and put me up in the hot foods. And I didn't want that because I'm, remember, I was just afraid. I'm fresh from coming out of rehab. I'm fresh from coming out of, of this darkness, you know? So, oh, yeah, I, I get that because I, it, it, in fact, it's not been that many years ago. I had a restaurant manager refuse to hire me for his kitchen because he said I was overqualified. He's like, my kitchen manager doesn't have the creds you have. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that was part of it. That was, the, but my part of it, remember, I just said before, I was afraid. Because he will bring me back like a trigger, you know, like a trigger. 
So it was so funny. So I write that in my book, how I, I, I said, pay me whatever you want. You know, just give me, she was giving me $250 a week and cash, you know, yeah. like I was happy making egg, making egg and cheese, but I was doing it with an attitude. I was, I was angry all the time because I didn't, I didn't have that fun, like cooking with liquor made me fun. It yeah. was like, oh, great. You know, I could do this. So one day, and this, and I, I believe this, everybody has this experience in there. Every chef out there, every cook, you know, that they cook with an anger, with a, with, with a, with a, with a mean face, with a mean attitude. That was me when I got out of rehab in, in the halfway house. So, and I heard the Lord clear, tell me this and say, you, you can't do that. You can't cook like that anymore. I have mm-hmm. saved you to, for you to cook with my love. And, and I served, I remember the morning, I served a bacon, egg and, a bacon sausage and cheese sandwich to this gentleman in the counter. And I did it with a bad attitude. And, and God rebuked me and said, no, you know what? That could be his last sandwich. So, you know, if you could put some love to it, you know, you could, you could make somebody happy today, this morning. So that's when the title of the book came on, Cooking with His Love. So ever since... My food and my recipes and what I do now, I do everything with love, with the food. You know, I have bad days like everybody else. I have good days, but I tell you that, Ma, I have better days now than I had before, you know. So I just want to tell people out there, you know, whatever you do when it comes to cooking, just do it with a good attitude. Good, do it with love. I mean, you could tell, I can tell when somebody serves me a meal and they're not happy. Mm. It's sloppy. And I can tell when somebody really put their love into it. They can make a harder look pretty. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's part of a, on the nutshell, the, the, the cookbook. I mean, it really talks about my, it's a biography where, where I was and where I am now. And, 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 and God is not done with me. or It's not done with anybody out there right now. Any chefs that are listening, any cook right now, keep on cooking, keep on cooking. If that's your passion and don't do it for a paycheck, don't do it for a paycheck. Do it because you like it, you love it. Well, and I think I think not only is that your experience, but as you can imagine, with what I'm currently doing, I talk to top chefs, food company presidents, people from all over the country, and the common thread that you see there is the love for the food, the love and the the love for people, and wanting to legitimately answer needs beyond just hunger, even, and. What a lot of younger people in this industry don't understand is that. And I can't tell you how many top chefs I've talked to. They're very gracious, generous, giving people. It's not the people that cook with anger that you're talking about that rise to the top. Mm -hmm, Take take Gordon Ramsay, for instance. Christina Wilson, who is probably one of his quite possibly his most successful protege. I wish I knew where I saw it. I saw some months ago, I wrote a, I saw an article that she was in and she talked about the Gordon Ramsay you see on TV is not the Gordon Ramsay you see in the kitchen. No. The, the, what you think is the anger and what you think is him being mean and, and, and all this other stuff is not anger. It is an illustration of how much he cares for the customer. 
and, yeah. and she means every single customer. And if he gets bent out of shape about anything, it's that if any of his customers are not getting what he feels they deserve, he Amen. knows they're coming into his restaurant to spend $300 for a pizza. If they're yep. going to come into his restaurant and spend $300 for a pizza, darn it, they're going to get a $300 pizza and he will not <laughs> settle for anything less. So, Amen. so that's, even, that's even, even, even with him, it's, it's not an anger thing. It's actually frustration that the other cooks and people around him do not share his sense of responsibility and, and his passion for the food that gets put on that plate. Amen. I, I, I have much respect for him because I know his, his story. He was uh, a student of John Perry White. Yeah. Yeah, Marco Perry White. Yeah, after he was a Navy cook. And after, yes. <laughs> I, I've seen some of his pictures that you see Gordon Ramsay on top of a stove cleaning. He's cleaning the kitchen. He's, I mean, like, they don't, a lot of people don't see that side of Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. He went through that same process in Europe, like you're talking about, the, 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 the elongated boot camp process that some of these yes. European chefs, and, and like I say, he was a, a he was an, he was a cook in the British Royal Navy before that. Like you, like me, like some other top chefs, he never saw a culinary school. No, nope. first time he the first time he saw a culinary school was when he was there as a as a top chef being a guest instructor. <laughs> He's yeah, yes, yes. You know, I have much respect because I have to start, I have to teach my cooks because they say, oh, Gordon Ramsay, I want to be like him, you know? I say, you, you don't know the real Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I, I advise you to go get a, a book. Yeah, go tell him to join uh, the Navy. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, you know? You know, I'm, I'm so excited you're interviewing me in this because you know what? I, you understand what I'm saying. You understand mm. exactly. You have, to, you have to be there to understand. Mm. You have to be at that moment, you know, when you're doing 500 covers. Sure. You know? <laughs> Like, and you just rocking and you, you go from one sitting to the other, the other, the other, the other, and nonstop that machine. I'm afraid of that machine sometimes that, that, do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> that printer. Well, that, know? and yeah. And as I was interviewing a different chef this morning, an Italian chef. And one of the things she and I were talking about is the problem with that machine is, yeah, you cook 500 co covers, uh, but if you get 50 of them back, it just slows you down. So sometimes that, that machine, like you're talking about, it defeats itself. Before we get too much further, yes. I don't know. I do want to go into, you want to go into a little bit about where this whole process, where, where did it bring you? Where, what are you doing now? Well, it took me, um, right now I'm doing, I'm, I got into healthcare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so imagine that from hotels, restaurants to casinos, and now I'm doing, oh, to Christian camps. Now I'm doing healthcare Healthcare with, I'm currently working for a nursing, nursing home, skill rehab facility here in Amarillo, Texas. I am their dietary manager, executive chef. It's a great, great opportunity. Like I, I go back to, you have to have that hospitality passion, you know, in, in the nursing home, you know, you have elderly that they highlight the, the days, the food, you know, it could be mechanical soft puree. Or just regular food, but there <laughs> that that makes me happy when I when I hear them say this was good, you know that's yeah. that's a different type of high for a chef. Well, sure, and then but, you have people like me that insist on being twofers, where they have 
in my case, diabetes and heart disease. And so as working in a nursing home, you have to work around that, that as well, which means that you have to abandon some of that white tablecloth type thinking because you can't use some of the ingredients or some of the techniques yes. that you would in a, in a five-star restaurant. No, but, but you could give them the same service, the same service. Absolutely. And you could also make the food taste good. My point is it goes back to the whole, always be learning aspect of it. We talked about Gordon Ramsay and some of these other big chefs. That's another hallmark of these people. You ask, Another one of my big mentors is Robert Irvine. Yeah. I guarantee uh, you, you ask Robert Irvine, you ask Gordon Ramsay, you ask Keith Saracen, who I also know who was a keynote speaker at the last ACF convention. Chef Saracen, Keith in particular will tell you, you ask Keith, when, when did he stop learning? He's going to look at his watch. I have it. <laughs> you know, it this is my point. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the man was keynote speaker at the National Chefs Convention of the entire United States. It, it, I, I literally saw online from Chef Keith like yesterday about how he is still trying to learn the the depths and the 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 details and everything of Indian cooking in particular. Even though he's currently on a tour of the United States talking about Indian cooking. That's that's amazing. That's great. That's well, I'm great. just saying the the greats. The really good chefs, the chefs that everybody says they want to be, the guys like you were talking about earlier, the angry guys, they're like, oh, I, don't tell me. I, I already know. Don't. Yes, yes. The, the, the greats are not it. They don't even have the mindset that the greats have. The, the greats have this mindset of I never know enough. The greats have this mindset of there's always another cuisine. There's always another technique. I don't care if I know six ways to make that sauce. I want to know seven. Amen. That's true. That's true. And that's, that's... That, that, that goes back to what you're doing now at the nursing home. Okay. You can't do it the textbook way. Boom. Darn. I need that seventh way to make the sauce. Oh, yes. Figure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you hit the, hit the nail on the head, man. That's, that's a, it's, a, I always say we're like doctors. We always studying. Hmm. We always trying to find a way to fix that or to make it better. You know, I'm always like I'm working on my second book now. It's going to be called Victory Prophetic Cuisine, and I do ten. I'm working with ten thousand year old grains. It's going to be all grains, kamut, tess, barley, different quinoa. You know. So I, I'm excited. You, and I'll send you some pictures when, once I oh, start sure. the, the photography for that. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, did you want, did you have like a headshot or something you could send me for the, the pre-publicity for this episode even? Yeah, I do. I do. It's in my Facebook page, but I could send it to you. Okay. I will. Yes. It's called Victory. It's amazing. This artist made my cover book. He's a famous artist from Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. And he painted me and he painted me with a Seth, like half- Sad face and half happy face. Cool. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it because it captured the way I feel some days and the way I feel some other days. Okay. Real quick, Chef, do you have like one, like one quick tip for people out there to help them with their own personal cooking? Yes. This is from a, from a chef that I, uh, he's, he was from Austria. I was young to Hilton. He always said to me, he always said, 
actually two things he said to me that stuck with me in my head up to this day. He said to me, you can you cannot be in kindergarten and jump all the way to ninth grade. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you can be a demi chef and jump to an executive chef. You have to go through the process to every grade. Sure. You know, and I'll say, because when as a young chef, I was eager. I want to be a sous chef. I want to be a chef de cuisine. Well, duh, of course know. you do. <laughs> we all do. Like, no, and that's what he said to me. You cannot just, you need to go through the process, grade, you know, first grade, second grade, third grade, you know, you will eventually going to graduate. <laughs> and we all, and we never do. We never do. We never do. And, and, and the other thing he always tell me, keep the integrity of the food. Mm. Keep the integrity. You know, if you, for example, I got sweet potatoes in my kitchen right now. I'm going to cook it as simple as possible. I can't. To keep the integrity and the taste of that sweet potato. Sure. That, that makes sense because some chefs like to put so much stuff in there that I don't even taste the sweet potato. And what's the point? That what's sounds like point? a great that sounds like a great way to cut it off. Let me let me here we go. Was that inspiring or what? Thank you so much, Chef Rubio, for sharing your experiences with us and helping us understand that you can reach the top in this industry and go all the way down to rock bottom and come back up again. Obviously, if you're here, you love food, but if you want a break for a food from food and you're looking for something funny, be sure to check out our friends at Random PM, available almost everywhere you get your podcast. This guy is funny, and that's no lie. Until next time.